0: This is Crewcast, a podcast about the most infamous band in rock history. You're your resident crew head, Jason, here. Thanks for listening, my fellow crew head. And on this episode, got my friend Brandon Richardson back on the pod. Thanks for joining me, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Good to be here, man. Glad to be back. Uh, of course, Brandon from the All Damn Night Podcast Network. Uh, lots of great shows, of course, All Damn Night. And uh, the throw out the plethora, my friend.
1: Sure. Um, so, yeah. Usually all damn nights are bread and butter. And then um, we're launching a lot of new shows, highly interesting stories with uh, we've had Jason on every single episode so far for the two <laughs> that we've done. Um, they're the most highly interesting stories throughout history. Uh, we've got podcasts at the OK Corral, which is about uh history of the old west and the too long didn't read book club, which is um, all the books that you want to read, but don't really have time. So I sum them up for you in five or ten minutes.
0: Yeah, and uh, they are great. Especially love when you get into those uh, rock biographies, man. The one on Slash that was pretty cool.
1: You know, one of the first ones that I uh, that I read was uh, uh, Nikki Sixx's. That was kind of what we first talked about when we first met.
0: That's right. That's true. Yeah. Well, hey, I got a surprise here. I didn't tell Brandon what the topic is. Uh, being it's one of your favorite songs, we are talking "Kickstart My Heart," but not in the oh, way wow. you might think, Brandon. We're talking kickstart my heart in movies and TV. Really? Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I dug in I'm pulling a, a Brandon out of my pocket here. Uh, we're going to call that anytime good research is really done. We're, we're pulling a Brandon. And, I like being uh, an
1: adjective. A verb. <laughs> a verb. Yes.
0: A verb. A verb. A verb. Yes. You are action. Uh, so in my research, I found, I was like, huh, I wonder what Motley Crue song has been used most in TVs and movies. Uh, and it did show up in commercials as well. I was thinking, okay, you know, when I was like digging in. Well, Doctor Feel Good, I've heard, and of sure. course, you know, uh, different songs, different movies, girls, and girls, course,
1: girls. I feel like I've heard that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, then I, I was like, oh, it makes sense that it's Kickstart My Heart. And after yeah. my research, yes, it is. Kickstart My Heart is the most used Motley Crue song in movies and TV shows huh. as it's- well. As commercials surprising, but not surprising. You're right. Right. It just has that get up and go gusto. And like you said, like this really great anthem to it, that it's just like, all right, yes, I'm in, let's do this. Whatever it is. Yeah. Vince Neil sing that. Mick Mars play that Tommy Lee drum that Nikki six, you know, baseline that out and it just gets you going and you can play it over, you know, Uh,
1: a Lexus commercial or over the newest pop cart flavor. And I'm going to be like, (laughs) yeah, maybe I'll look into that. I'll look into purchasing that.
0: I believe it was a Dodge commercial that
1: it did show up in though it's perfect for that though i mean like it's the it's one of the best visceral songs ever written like kick it's and and also the you know the, the story behind it so like it's a very serious like heavy song actually it's about dying and like coming back yeah, yeah. to life right but like as far as like just being like some what's an exciting line like jumping jack flash that's that's pretty good like welcome to the jungle that's pretty good kick start my heart Uh, that's pretty much unbeatable
0: give it a start and we will here we go all right of course kickstart my heart off 1989's dr feel good uh one of the quintessential albums for motley Crue. we could sit and argue as we did in the previous episode as we have we put shout at the devil up against dr feel good which one was better of course uh here's what uh we got a rundown so it was on the show seal team Season five, okay. episode eight. One of the shows that I am a fan of because, hey, it, it harkens back. Cobra Kai season three, episode two, nature versus nurture. That's when Johnny. Have you, seen, have you seen any of
1: that? I haven't seen that one. I have watched the whole series. Okay. I've heard it's good. I've heard I've heard Cobra Kai is good.
0: It, it's got enough campiness to it and cheesy enough at points that it's like, eh. but then it does throw in a great soundtrack. Motley <sighs> Cruz actually appeared twice point. in it. So you're like, okay, I'm loving this. Uh, another show I never haven't heard of this. Uh, All my friends are dead, so not. Oh, I have heard that of that one.
1: I, That rings a bell for me for whatever that's worth
0: in podcast. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that rings a bell for me. No, but it does. <laughs> uh, American Dad, of course, uh, one of those yeah. great shows. Uh, season 16, episode six. Uh, Bravo, noob world.
1: Bravo, noob world. That's I mean that that cartoon gets a little on-the-nose prophetic itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it seems almost fitting for a, a Motley Crue song to pop in. a perfect in there, right? one, perfect one. So uh, let's see. Uh, we also got to show Fresh Off the Boat, um, a, mm. a movie appearance that I love because it combined two of my favorite things. Yes, I'm a grown man, and I love Motley Crue and Legos. Oh, the Lego movie. It was in Lego Absolutely. movie two, the second part. And also the Lego Batman movie. I mean, they know how to pick a winner. They're going to double down with it. Yeah, Will Arnett just is a Batman high. Uh, you know, it's just, it just an perfect. absolute
1: not to not no tangent here. We'll leave it here. But an absolutely overlooked treasure, Will Arnett is. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Magruber, you got to check it out.
0: Oh, MacGruber is classic. That is classic. good stuff. That is good TV. We digress, though. Uh, so of course it's done a good job of painting period pieces like with Cobra Kai, really given a flashback. That's, that's, right.
1: That's perfect for it. That really puts you in the eighties frame. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tying in the youth, their youth and things like that, really where totally. the antithesis of uh, all the tension in that show really starts with, you know, uh, Johnny and Daniel and everything else. So it was a pretty right. clever way of, of taking care of it. Uh, another one that it did a good job, um, the montage of people getting ready for the party and take me home tonight. Did you ever see this one? I don't think I have seen that one, That, but
1: I, just that concept in general, that's perfect. That works great. That's kickstart my heart for a montage, getting ready for a party. Perfect.
0: Yeah, they did a good job. If you haven't seen Take Me Home Tonight, so it is an 80s era movie and you kind of have the different stereotypical characters. You got the one dude that's doing the blow and the one guy that's wanting the the pretty girl and everything else. So it does a really cool job of how they intertwine music in that because if you put the movie on mute, it's all right, but you, you, you turn on the volume and there you go. You got something, you know? And
1: I think especially for the 80s, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like I think there was more even more continuity in pop culture in the 80s. So I think that like there there would have been like a big division and there was still some of that in the 80s. But there was a big division between like metal and disco in the 70s. And I think that was getting more and more blurred. So like more and more people, it would be a larger swath of the population that would, you know, be into a song like "Kickstart My Heart" by the '80s. Like a lot of people were digging that song.
0: Absolutely, and that's interesting that you you present it that way. Think about Motley Crue with "Doctor Feel Good" the album and "Kickstart My Heart." You know that, uh, per my recollection, was the second single following the title track. Right. You know, it really kicked them into that groove of pop cultureness in a totally different way. Um, and it was interesting because not but what three years later all of a sudden music changed completely and that's very true there's not too many movies that you you go back to the if it's trying to do a 90s period piece or something that it's not really niched down to a certain kind of vibe or whatever it is but shit got really depressing after that point like everybody was kind of like you know the high of the 80s wore off it's you know 2022
1: now, and I realize that maybe that's not the best stretch to take in the last three years. But even think about other times in our life, like 2016 to 2013 or 2008 to 2005. Pop culture wasn't that different in a three-year span. That's the own. That's the biggest switch I can think of um when it went from late 80s to early 90s, just a, and to, and an antithetical sound to something like i think that that uh kickstart my heart is like a pinnacle of where it's like they this is as good as arena rock can get this is it
0: yeah yeah because really you think the big show and the big presentation started to go away there are a lot of bands Mm -hmm. that put out some really cool tunes but you know for me it's like any of the quote-unquote newer bands and they're 20 years old now but the like Godsmack Godsmack I loved it cuz it gave me the heavy with a great show lights right. pyro great tunes everything else it could be done on a big stage and I loved that performance so it's interesting how much kickstart my heart shows up of course uh the 2007 film Shoot 'em up very cool action film a perfect one for that too yeah yep Uh, Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby, right? Absolutely, might might be the most apt
1: use of it. Yeah, that is perfect. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, it was a cool uh, montage
1: scene. I remember I've seen that movie enough times to know exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, and it's it's just it's it's one of those. It's odd because think about all the the uses that you're you're bringing up here they're not all the same type of movie. We got, you know, no. action movies, comedies, shoot 'em ups. Um, I think there's, was there was a romantic comedy in there or am I just wishfully thinking?
0: Yeah, no, you you nailed it. Would Take Me Home Tonight was there a romantic we go. Okay. comedy. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, we had a lot of this. It, it was really just a song and like you said the story told that, that just getting people going without it, it, it had such a pop feel. You talked about this in the previous mm-hmm. episode to it. Nikki Six's writing was always very brilliant in that way. And of course, the, the guitar playing of Mick Mars. But they did such an interesting thing of giving you a heavy, heavy content. If you really think about it, like you said, two adrenaline needles to the heart, bringing yeah, this guy back to life. Does everybody
1: know that? Is that I don't I mean, you do a better job of explaining that in detail than I would. I just know the basics of like Nikki overdosed i believe left the hospital right
0: uh well so uh, the dirt movie did a good job of kind of painting this picture out was you know he overdosed right. and there's the gentleman that was in the um uh, the ambulance it was the emt that's taking care of him and they give him the one shot not enough right so the second <laughs> shot and that brings him back the scary part is he went and did heroin again. It's again. not like he stopped. Yeah, because if you re- remember from the Dirt Book, he talks about it. Or he's, he wakes up, he go checks himself out, goes home, wakes up the next day, and the the blood had ran out of his arm and dried in right. the palm of his hand. You know, so this was it, 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 again goes back to the brilliance of Nikki Six. What an interesting way to write about the near death experience, you know, saw his body leaving like, you know, recalls seeing himself from above Absolutely. and being shot back down into his body. So it's, uh, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> that this he's song- such
1: a, I think he was a blues man in another life. I don't really believe in that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he, he is, he's, he's so very much like Robert Johnson would be or Howlin' Wolf where, like, they're taking, I mean, like, listen, look at, or old country songs, look at the subject matter, just read it. Read, like, um, you know, uh, Driving Another Nail in My Coffin by Ernest Tubb or Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash or Hellhound on My Trail by Robert Johnson. And they're, like, real fast kind of, they're rocking songs. Like, if you're just listening to it in passing, but listen to the subject matter, and they're just taking it's it's unbelievably dark if you really sit and think about a man in prison or a man um, driving himself to death through drink or a man who believes he's actually being hunted down by by the devil uh if you really take that in literal context it's heavy subject matter put to like danceable beats in a lot of ways (laughs) and nikki is like maybe the best guy in the 80s at that he might have been because like there's Even like what Axl Rose was doing, it's like it it was certainly he's a genius, but it's so orchestral and so big all the time that it kind of like loses itself in that sometimes. Right. It can has it's it's had its brilliance. But Nikki is just all about this old school tradition, uh, ironically, of three chords and the truth. It's like that's that's (laughs) music and Motley Crue in a lot of a lot of senses, you know.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up again about the um, connection with country music, because uh, some people might not know that when we, uh, you know, let's talk about Mick Mars. Mick Mars was heavily influenced by country music. Mm-hmm. That was when he was a kid. He saw a country music uh, concert with his family, and that was when he made a decision at that age that that's what he was going to do. And, and he is, is he... I don't know how much older he's older than the other guys
1: in the band. Right. And he had another band in the right. Another band in the seventies that didn't quite, he had like a family in the early seventies and a band. And then that I think he moved to LA and then restarted everything again with Motley Crue.
0: Yep. And that's something we'll get into. We will definitely don't worry guys. We are going to do an episode all about Mick Mars. We promise it's one that we've, uh, Brendan and I have dedicated ourselves to that. We are going to talk mick mars for sure um but yeah i'm glad that you really kind of point that out there uh, about that again that country connection and we'll bring that up as we talk and dive into individual songs because you're going to hear some of that stuff i mean it's really there yeah yeah i mean you know you think about the blues of course and a lot of people tie you know slide playing into the blues and forget Mm -hmm. the country influence
1: totally and and they've and they like um like we we're saying with the disco and the heavy metal crowds being less and less delineated between as time went on, like it, music in the, in the thirties, forties, fifties, wasn't as t- Segregated might be an apt word, but, you know, as as culturally delineated as we want to think it was. Muddy Waters covered a lot of uh, country tunes. Uh, Hank Williams covered a lot of blues tunes. So there was it was you you're more apt or more um, accurate to say that it's like American rural music in a lot of ways. Um, But that tradition is like carried on on sunset strip it worked on sunset strip in the eighties and you know it's it's a it's quite the trip that these guys were able to take the same formula it's the same formula really at its base components and they made it work for a bunch of you know like hairsprayed uh hollywood crowds like that's where they got their yeah. start and it's uh it's, it's they really mastered their craft they're not just these like party guys that they get portrayed to be they're good at what they do
0: absolutely and and it made so much sense that that their music would find its way into hollywood you know and we'll touch more on that and totally other songs as well there's so many things of course we'll talk vince neal's appearance even in the adventures of ford fairlane starring andrew Dice clay so there's so much music oh, i forgot that ended about up- that Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Play Bobby Black. It was great. Uh, But yeah, Mick Mars, he was uh, three years old. He saw Skeeter Bond. That's who it was on stage. What a a name. Right. And like it
1: it makes it makes sense that it's you you get the bug that way. But then it's amazing to see what he he uh, transferred it into, especially on Kickstart My Heart. He's using a blues tuning. He's using Open G tuning. So uh, his his repertoire
0: is a mile deep and a mile wide. Well, let's touch on one more uh, film or actually TV show. Some people might forget this. I'm a fan of it. I've actually had the uh, pleasure of interviewing one of the cast of this show, The Office. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. What uh, what episode? This was season three, episode 13, Traveling Salesman. And it was perfect because it was intertwined with the personality of an individual character, Dwight Schrute. I was going to uh, say that's
1: a Dwight song. Absolutely. That's yeah. just, uh,
0: Dwight rocks out to this song in his car uh, as he prepares for a sales meeting. Makes perfect sense. That's, that's You know what? I do the same thing every day when I drive.
1: <laughs> I'm um, with you, Dwight. And it fits. <laughs> you know, you haven't mentioned a single one where I've gone like, oh, I don't know if that fits. Yeah, it's it fits great for all of these. It's like their Jumping Jack Flash, man. Like, that's what I think. It's, it's like their song that just... Jumping Jack Flash. There's never a bad time to play it, and there's never really like a bad time to play. Kickstart my heart.
0: Well, and you make a good point with that. You know, Jumping Jack Flash. Uh, you know, I don't know my Stones history, maybe like you do. But if you think about the opening of Jumping Jack Flash, it's got that instant get you going type exactly. vibe. That's
1: exactly that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
0: and it's perfect to put in it. I mean, you know, making that parallel. I remember the first time that uh, I saw Jumping Jack Flash in a movie. Was Jumping Jack Flash Jumping Jack Flash, Goldberg. Goldberg. You know? Yes,
1: sir. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, that's the, uh, the the thing that comes to mind second after I say Jumping Jack Flash. I'm like, oh, that's a stone song, but also an excellent Whoopi
0: Goldberg movie. <laughs> an excellent Whoopi Keith, Goldberg. Keith
1: worked on that cover, so I feel, I feel
0: like it legitimizes it, right? It, uh, Absolutely. It'll work. Well, there's many other great Motley Crue songs that have found their ways into um, movies and TV shows. We'll touch on those. Uh, You know, we got so much content we can discuss here with the crew. Uh, One of them being, uh, did you know that a fake version of Motley Crue appeared in Knight Rider? I did not know that. No. Yes. What did they do? When we touch on this stuff, we will uh touch on a uh in a later episode how a, a mock version of Shout at the Devil made it into the TV show Night Rider. The, the yes, these were wild, it's they wouldn't crazy. even license
1: the original version, and they're just like, Well, how about we make a fake one? Okay,
0: yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a scene where in which uh uh michael's in kit and he wants to wake this guy up they're trying to draw out this criminal and so kit takes over the guy's little radio next to him and and yeah it's a it's a really bad version of uh of at the devil like the, the singing the guitar like you could just say uh hey guys go record this for five minutes you know <laughs> it was like, like
1: yell at the demon or
0: something <laughs> <laughs> uh yell at the demon that's too good oh man well brandon I mean, we kind of touched on all the movies and TV shows that we could find in this uh, crew head listening. If you found something else that we left out, please uh, drop us a note. You can even do it through the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook or at or it's uh, the crew cast at Gmail dot com and email there and uh, we'll get it if we forgot something, because uh, hey, we're only fucking human, right?
1: I feel like that's one of those that's in so many. It'd be hard for us not to have overlooked one.
0: Uh, yeah oh i'm sure we did you know the, the we'll touch again on this another time with some of the other songs the second most touched on song in movies can you think of it what do you think it was oh, the, motley Crue. Um, man i'm gonna say girls 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 because it just
1: keeps I, there's so many uses for it but i'm sure that's not the right one keep going shout at the devil um Doctor feel good? You could use that. <laughs> uh oh, you put me on the spot. Are you humming like a Jeopardy song or like the actual song to
0: the <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm home sweet on. home my oh, duh. yeah sorry yeah 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 yeah. Uh, sweet, yeah i wasn't thinking i wasn't that's that's going more sentimental than i was thinking i was looking like it has to be a rocking song yeah home, sweet yeah. home. And, uh, it's a home good sweet collect home. collect phone call commercial
0: <laughs> uh no i i was in my research because i'm compiling it i did not find it in that but uh, i guess that would work huh i thought I. that's
1: what i was i was like i was come when i think motley Crue. i think like I'm running through like race car commercials in my head and stuff. You know what I mean? I was just going sure. like, fast vehicles, fast vehicles, girls. <laughs> so like none of the like home sweet home just wasn't popping into my head. Yeah. It doesn't sit in the Lexicon. Yeah. that, that Yeah. I could see that. I, that's why I, I'm a podcaster and not a advertising executive.
0: <laughs> you and me mean either, man. What are you going to do? Well, cool, Brandon. Hey, you gotta give people the links one more time. Uh, yes yeah, so you can check us out um, at uh, night.com
1: on instagram.com slash all damn night network uh, you can get a hold of us at all damn night at gmail.com and uh, I think that's everything for us
0: right on and uh, hey crew head thank you for listening don't forget to give a follow for crewcast cast on uh, well, Every single Everything. social network, Twitter, it, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, it's all there. Hit those links in the podcast description. If you have a topic that you would like Brandon and I to cover sometime, send us an email, thecrewcast at gmail.com and we'll uh, jump that in there, give you some notes. We're even going to have some special guests on here soon, Brandon. Uh, awesome. Got hooked up with a dude through uh, Instagram. Guess what? He's painted some instruments for Motley Crue, so oh, we're going to wow. be talking oh, cool. with him and yeah we'll have some other people on the pod as uh, we continue to roll along so it's amazing uh, how you you'll
1: find people that are listeners and fans of the show that have their own input for it and experience you know like you painted guitar for motley crew like man mm-hmm. what you know yeah that's uh, that's awesome man that's what this is all about
0: yeah absolutely looking forward to it and uh thank you guys on that note crew heads are best fuck the rest